This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. This is Super Producer Iman, a.k.a. Raja Baba, and you're listening to the Unique Therapy 2 Podcast with your hosts, Meg Watt and Tony Brooks. Hey, everybody. It's Meg Watt, your favorite therapy patient. And I'm Detroit's bad girl, Tony Brooks. This show is for those who may not be ready to go to therapy but have questions. We also offer support and continued motivation for those who have already started their journey. We'll talk about some of my therapy experiences over the last decade. And we'll talk about my journey to achieve hashtag relationship goals. Therapy fans will join us to share benefits and lessons learned. Let's grow the community of patients standing in their truth and ready to master their happiness. What's up, everybody? It's Meg Watt, your favorite therapy patient here. Detroit's bad girl. I am the Tony Brooks. Tony Brooks. She's always laughing at my little hello. I don't know why she does this. To we'll me. find a better way for you to say it. <laughs> so what's been up, girl? Long time no girl, see. So wait, I didn't get to tell you about the car. Oh, oh right. Because you know, you know, first episode of season two, we were talking about how you be dealing with dudes who ain't got no cars. Now you telling me you don't have a car? What is going on? Yeah, wait. First of all. <laughs> I get pulled over. Oh. They tell me the car is reported stolen. Your car? Yes. (laughs) But I show them the registration so they don't take me to jail. I was like, could you please not call my PO either? (laughs) (laughs) But wait. And they won't give it back. Your car? Yes. They're like, the title is not in your name. I was like, well, how is that possible if I have a plate and a tag and i have insurance and where'd you get registration i bought it from a lot right Dang, they scamming they on the hold lot. me oh my god man I, Tony, bro. this is i was just like you are just <laughs> i just can't wait with the car shit i'm just gonna walk for the rest of my fucking life this is crazy <laughs> yeah and they won't give it back like i went over and over and over back and forth back and forth back and forth this police station i impound, can't believe that you police said station, that was funny impound. That's not funny. It is I'm funny like worried about because you. Because anybody I tell the story to, they're like, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard. But how how, how is that possible? Yeah. So then I do a little more research and maybe they never owned the car in the first place. The the lot. The lot. Oh my God. Did you try to call them? I went to him personally because oh. the Secretary of State said get a RD one oh eight original buyer's purchase uh, agreement and then bring it back. And I went and got it from the guy. Talk. What? So wait, you got Over the paperwork it. from the from the lot? I did. Took it back to the impound. She said, But your name is not on the title. They won't tell me whose name is on the title or anything. Man, you need a lawyer. Bro, I'm over it. I was like, you know what? Y'all can have that sh-. Well, right. Because you I'm can done. get a car in Detroit for like you know 30 bucks. You know so, me. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe you bought a car from a lot. 3700 Tony Brooks always reminds me of how sheltered my upbringing was. <laughs> <laughs> because I've never heard of this type of situation Apparently, before. No one has. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. I just said, okay, well, Listen, I guess I'm being punked. I don't. <laughs> I'm like, if I, what would I do if I if this happened to me? What would I do if I got pulled over and somebody was like, "This is not your car. The title is not in your name." 
Dog, I just knew I was going to jail. I'm like, like, well, they gonna take me to jail. As soon as he said reported stolen, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to jail. Oh my god. Let me just get my shit packed up. Did you have anxiety, (laughs) dog? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Like, what were your emotions? I definitely had a panic attack instantly. Breath on that one because I'm on. They gonna take me to jail. That's crazy, girl. I was done. I didn't know what to do. He was like, "Well, since the registration, just call." Uh, the number tomorrow and find your car, <laughs> right? He let me take a Uber. Oh my gosh! I said, "Thank God." Listen, I'm gonna say a prayer. <laughs> what? And, and meditation? You are not. You know, prayer and meditation. Because yeah. we learned last episode that, like, you know, prayer is a form of meditation. Absolutely. So I'm gonna meditate. So get your prayers on. Yeah, I'm gonna meditate that your car this this situation is reconciled. Girl. Sooner or later. Yes, kill Ooh, me. That's crazy. <laughs> so So what you been doing? I have not been doing too much. Um Daryl and I are booked for Thailand. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I um just went and got some Thai tea and some shrimp chips a couple days ago. I wait when you going? My trip. <laughs> Girl. We're going in May. Okay, you got a couple months to be buying some damn Thai chips. <laughs> No, I'm about those to eat right now. Girl. Like, those are, I love my shrimp chips. And it's almost my birthday, so that's the most important part. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hello. How many events you got this year? All month. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, Tony Blake's birthday celebration <laughs> increases every year. You know, we got to do gumbo. We got to do karaoke. <laughs> we have to do a day party. It's a whole month. And then events. I tried to be a grown-up this year and do brunch. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, I got that invite. We're going to be there. I Wait, know you is will. that for Daryl too or is it just yeah. for girls? Yeah, no, no, no. This is okay, cool. everybody, kid friendly, auntie, uncle, grandma, grandpappy. Oh, nice. <laughs> Brunch and vibes. Brunch and vibes. Trying to kill it with the vibes. Hey. I don't know the words, but that's something okay. like that. Bow, bow. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, let's get off this. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Ooh, what are we talking about? This we oh this one is gonna be hot topic. It's gonna rub some people the wrong way. Hot I'm just gonna topics. let y'all know ahead of time. So listen. I'm black listen. and queer. Mm-hmm. So so that's what I'm calling this episode. That's a that's that's some catchy shit. I'm black and queer. So so <laughs> like, and we have a guest today. Move on with your life. Would you like to introduce your bud? First of all, I would like to know. We have Gerald in the house. Put an Esquire behind his name, in case you didn't know. What's up, Gerald? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm all right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you look good. Oh, like Thank you. Thank I'm, you. Lo- love I'm loving sweater. the curls. I mean, I'm sweater. trying to look like you. <laughs> <laughs> the sweater, too. Gerald he always got the together. He put on. it together. Yeah, he'd be fly. Right. He'd be fly. Mm-hmm. So, Gerald is black and queer. So? So? <laughs> <laughs> Period. And? <laughs> And <laughs> what's next? As I roll my neck. Right, right. <laughs> so like um, queer, this is a term that um, is sort of like nigga, like the population in general has sort of reclaimed this word. Mm. However, there's still a lot of folks who do not identify as queer. So what I should have done first mm-hmm. was ask you, how do you like to be referred to and is queer offensive to you? That's a good question. Um, I guess I never un- unwound that piece, never really thought about what box I wanted to fit in yeah. to. And yeah. right now it seems like more and more 
the younger and younger generations are seeking to over identify themselves in, in every single way that they can. Um, <laughs> so for me, when I was growing up, it was pretty much you were just gay or straight. And so uh, gay has been probably the default answer for, okay. for a question like that. Yeah. But I feel like queer, like uh, you kind of spoke to already, is broad strokes. It definitely could have been used derogatory in a derogatory way. Yeah. Um, but I think, like you said, it's kind of been reclaimed as a, a positive thing in that it, it represents the entire community, not right. just gays or lesbians or right. bisexual people or et cetera and so on. But that as a community, we're queer. Yeah. Mm. So that's good to know. So the first thing, because I I'm an ally, obviously. Mm. And one of the things that I'm always focused on is calling people what they want to be called. Like at the core, if you have zero knowledge Mm -hmm. about the LGBTQIA population, community, Mm. you don't know anybody. You do. But you Mm -hmm. think you don't. Mm -hmm. Who's a part of it? Call them what they want to be called. Yeah. So I think that's the base, right? Right. So we wanted to talk a little bit because obviously you represent all queers. <laughs> God, this feels like uh, elementary school when I was representing all black. Isn't this crazy? Yeah. Like, isn't this crazy? So like, that's one of the things that I want to dismantle right now. Okay. That this is not an episode that is going to be the end all be all for all things black, queer, or um, I should say QTPOC, which is also an acronym for queer trans people of color, which oh, is like okay. its own community within a community. Joe's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So Teach this is me. the thing. Listen, right. and and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Like, there's so many people who are studying the LGBTQIA plus community, mm-hmm. right? Whereas the community is just in it. They're living life and they're like, oh, wow, that's news to me. I didn't know that's what they call us. I didn't know that's right. what they're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? But like, it's really just in, in an effort to understand, to educate, to expose ignorant people to understand like, yeah, actually, if you just call them what they want to be called, then anxiety and depression decreases by 40%. Mm. Like that's a real thing, yeah. wow. you know? Yeah. So like, what does it actually mean to you when you think about an identity standpoint? It sounds like you grew up around a lot of white folks. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm from Northern California, north of uh, San Francisco. I was always the token black kid mm-hmm. from preschool up through mm-hmm. e- all the way through high school, honestly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until um, college that I was in a place where I wasn't the minority okay. uh, or the representative. Right. And uh, even in going to college, I thought, oh, I'm going to be gay. I'm going to be out. I'm going to be like wild and crazy. And I wasn't that person. Yeah. Because I had been me for 18 years already. And so I I was still me. Yeah. And I didn't know how to be like wild and crazy and out and all of that. Or I didn't know what that really meant. Right. Um, But yeah, I grew up with a single parent mother, oldest of four. I have three little sisters. And, um, I mean, ultimately, it was hard. It was a dichotomy, like, throughout my childhood because my mom's a cosmetologist or um, a beautician or yeah. whatever other word you want to use. Uh-huh. And so she had a lot of gay male friends. And uh-huh. I think she, like, now as adults, we can talk about, like, her insecurities around me being around those men and emulating those men, not having any kind of icon of what a man was supposed to be outside of... TV, like I'm watching right. 
living single with her. Now, I don't know how many other kids were watching living single with their parent, (laughs) but she would like look at me when I would laugh at like the certain jokes. And she's like, well, do you know what that means? Do you get it? Do you? And so like we had a different kind of relationship. Yeah. So I've watched her kind of internalize a lot of guilt around my sexuality, thinking maybe I overexposed you. (laughs) Maybe I put you around these people and then you just kind of like wanted to be like them. And so somehow you became gay. Wow. Um, and okay. yeah, and I think a lot of black women, unfortunately, at least parents, and I, I feel like even as a future parent, I hope there's always this idea of like, I, I want my kid to have the least struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. And that there's an assumption that being queer is associated to struggling, just like being a person of color is akin to having to endure some level of struggle. Yeah. yeah. And so I think at the root, I'm giving her a lot more grace than maybe the situation calls for. But I think that that was really at the the foundation of it. Like, I don't want you to be different, more different than you already have to be. Mm-hmm. You already have to be male. You already have to be black. And now I have to protect you because you're exuding these feminine qualities. And I assume that you're going to be gay. Mm-hmm. And so it was things really early on, like bending my wrist or um, like standing a certain way or my dad actually, when I was growing up, he made a comment about the like cadence of my voice being like sing songy, uh-huh. and um, and he would like try to stop me like, why are you talking like that? And I never identified it, but uh-huh. all those things as they kind of come together was this like premature identity of or their perception that it looked like I was turning into a gay man, <laughs> turning, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. transitioning into a gay man, and so. Um, it's interesting to look back at all those things and yeah. think like, wow, was I predisposed? And um, and I internalized a lot of guilt around feeling gay. Really? Yeah, for sure. Because I didn't want to be a disappointment. Even weeks ago, um, I was home for Christmas and my mom brought up, I wish you could give me a, a daughter-in-law that I could um, get into fights with and like argue with. And I'm like, well, any one of your daughters could give you a daughter-in-law. I mean, no one else has come out. I don't know their <laughs> sexual identities or whatever, but um, perhaps they can give you this daughter-in-law that you Genius want so response, Gerald. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> and, and she and I have had our, our bouts and our issues, but I think in a lot of ways, I know she loves me, but I don't think that she always likes me because of that identity yeah yeah and i'm saying choice loosely obviously right right because it's not a choice yeah and i struggle with that um honestly like we grew up really religious like we went to church every sunday and in college i actually sought out religion as my my normalcy um because i didn't really know where my tribe was Uh um going i went to howard university thank you um (laughs) and so it was hard for me at first because I'm like, I don't know where I fit. Yeah. So I went back to basics. And what I knew was I go to church on Sundays. And so I, I joined that community. And I think it would have been fine if I was like out and proud and lived that identity. But I didn't want to anymore. It wasn't attractive to me. And so um, in that, I just found myself being more and more pious and using that like religiosity to crucify myself honestly to think like how do i pray the gay away and it wasn't coming from anyone else 
I remember like maybe my freshman or sophomore year, I wrote a long letter to my mom kind of denouncing being gay mm. and telling her like, I get it. I understand now because I came out to her probably like a month before I graduated from high school. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I know, sorry, my story's kind of going all over the no, place. No, 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 but I think the <laughs> okay. coming out is, is for, for your parents, because obviously you can come out multiple times yeah. throughout your life. Yeah. But I think that the biggest one is, is to a parent. What was that like? Yeah, I think the hardest one actually was to my sister. But oh. um, for my mom, I had, this was the age of like AOL chats. Okay. <laughs> and so I was actively going online at night talking to, you know, people that I thought were the same age as me mm-hmm. and chatting it up and talking about my insecurities about coming out. And this guy I was talking to online who called himself Alex kept encouraging me like, you need to come out, you need to come out. And so I kind of took that pressure and was like, okay, yeah, I should. Why is this like holding me back? It's preventing me from letting my mom know who I really am and all of this. Yeah. And so I made this big elaborate plan to go out to the beach and tell her like somewhere public so she couldn't like freak out <laughs> and um, or like, you know, react in a way I couldn't really be in control of. And so I convinced her to go out to the beach with me, but it wasn't like the warmest day. And she was like, I'm not getting out of the car. Why did you bring? I convinced her that it was something for school. And she was like, well, um, I'm not going to get out. So go do whatever you're going to do here and then come back to the car. (laughs) Uh Oh, so I walked out to the beach and I was like recording the waves or something. And uh, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I, I got back in the car. We went back home. And I pulled her into our laundry room and I was like, I just have to tell you this. Like, I think I'm gay. And she was like, no, you're not. And she closed the door and left me in the laundry room by myself. (laughs) (laughs) And so I sat there for like five or ten minutes just kind of like (laughs) racking my brain like, wait, did I come out or didn't I come out? Oh, man. And so she comes back in and she's like, how do you know you're gay? Have you had sex with a man? Okay. And I said, well, no, I haven't. She's like, oh, then you're not gay. I was like. Oh, it's just that easy. Awesome. I'm not gay. But wait, no, I I am. I am. And she's like, well, who do you find attractive? So now I'm trying to think, God, who do I find attractive? So I just start naming celebrities. And she's like, no, you're not gay. You're not. And then subsequently after that, like her rage kind of came from that place um, where she took my car, my car keys away. I wasn't allowed to drive my car anymore. Um she kept having like this fear that I was like doing, I was participating in a lot of activities. So I was like in theater, I participated in this um, youth HIV organization called Reach. And I like went to other high schools and taught about um, STIs and HIV and all that. So she told me I couldn't participate in that anymore. Oh, um, wow. And she would drive me to and from school every day. And you know, I'm a senior in high school. So it was a lot of my freedoms were taken away. But right. she would make me like read the Sodom and Gomorrah story to and from school every day. Are you serious? Yeah. Man, this sounds like a movie. Oh, no, that's my real life. Wow. Yeah. Were so, you out at school? Uh, like, did people know? I think I had told people in my theater group mm-hmm. because, like, we had done this, like, away event and it was like an opportunity to kind of say bye to everyone before the school year was up. And so, like, maybe one other person that, like, come out. And so I did, too. But it wasn't, like, a big thing because I wasn't, like, actively 
like dating people or anything else. I was really, I kept to myself. Yeah. Um, so it, it never really felt like important to say to anyone because I hadn't really like lived out what I thought being gay was. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, that whole experience with my mom definitely made me hate myself. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. I was, I, I don't ever really remember being sad, but I was angry that it was something I I wanted to change to like make her not see me in this light. Mm. Yeah. But I couldn't. Yeah. And subsequently, honestly, like every accomplishment that I've made in my life, I feel like it still overshadows that I graduated from college, I graduated from law school. Still I can you see You are like the venture capitalist brain like right. Gerald can come up with any idea if you're looking to start a bit Gerald has the idea he's yeah. not gonna do it but he's like the smart one of the smartest people I know I appreciate it yeah I can definitely monetize anything but um <laughs> yes yeah, she I, I can always see like some level of disappointment still for her wow and it might not ever change which is fine I understand for her it's she carries a weight of it that I can't take away from her. Yeah. Um, And so my process and kind of acceptance was going through this, like, how do I pray this away from myself? How do I, like, get attention away from me? In D.C., um, there's, like, this unspoken kind of rule, like, where guys just kind of, like, stare at each other to, like, to establish this engagement. And guys would always, like, stare at me. And I... I didn't understand why. Mm. Um, And so I tried to like disengage and disengage. So I stopped like putting like, you know, at Howard, everyone is like dressed to the nines all the time. Yeah. So I was in like sweatpants and sweatshirts, like trying to get attention away from me. Yeah. um, And praying and praying about like, I don't want this. Like, take it away from me. Make it something that I don't desire. Wow. Um, And eventually I just kind of had to let that go. So it didn't work. No, no. So you were unable to just just to just to re- <laughs> just summarize here. Yeah. You're saying you were unable to pray away the gay your sexuality. Yeah. Pray away the gay. It wasn't possible, no. I think mm. I I could have suppressed the feeling and acting out on it forever. I could have. Um I think a lot of people do that. That is a miserable, that is very difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to impact your mental health. Oh, for sure. I I was very unhealthy because as a byproduct of that, act, that action, I was treating myself poorly in so many other ways. Um, really? Like in, an, in, in the attempt to be unattractive, essentially, so that people wouldn't keep like looking at me. I was eating like pints of ice cream every day. Oh my I was gosh. um I was over consuming food like intentionally for a really long period of time. Mm. Um and hoping that it would draw attention away from me. Wow. And um and I was super unhealthy. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. So you were talking about like some of your mannerisms and and how you present. Yeah. And I've like I don't see you as I mean, I see you as masculine presenting. I'm curious, do, are you are you putting on a facade for me? Have you put on a facade for me for all these years? <laughs> That's so funny you said that. Actually, I was just talking about that earlier today, that you coined the term for me um, that I was Don Lemon gay. 
Yeah, that's yeah. how I always say. It, I mean, you have to. That has to be a shirt or something because you came up with that on your own, <laughs> um, and it was very. It was shocking to me, honestly. Of all the people I've ever met in my life, you're the only person that didn't automatically say like, "Oh, I knew you were gay." You're the first person in my life, my really? entire life. Because yeah. I'm the only. I'm the one who's like, "Oh yeah." Oh, yeah. You know, I taught at Morehouse a couple years. I've got the gaydar. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yes. I got the gaydar. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was very, no. That's funny. No, I, I'm i not intentionally thinking about it anymore. I think the only time that I try to like uh, appear more masculine is in dating. Because mm. in the gay community, there's this like draw for this whole mask for mask, masculine men for masculine men. Um, that there's this uh, unattractiveness about being effeminate. Oh, is that something new? No, I mean, this has been, uh, it's not new to me at least. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. Like the most masculine men in in the gay dating world um, normally identify as straight and they're looking for um, trans, trans women, women. Mm-hmm. Um, or cross-dressers. Okay. They, they, they really want an overly effeminate person. Um, but those people identify as straight. But the kind of run of the mill gay, even man, though they're in the gay community, exactly. Okay. But they don't necessarily identify as, as gay because they, they feel come like, out right, or they're they're interacting with someone that is That's appearing female, female. Ah, or identifying female. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like yeah, the run of the mill kind of average gay man wants someone more masculine than they are. Interesting. Ah. Yeah, it, that's been my experience. Yeah, um, and and for myself as well, I think. Sometimes I am turned off by someone that may be more effeminate than I am. Okay. Yeah. Because okay, but you said you present more masculine. I believe that I do. Um, right. And you believe that I do. <laughs> but in the gay, I mean, most people that I interact with, they say like, oh, well, you sound gay or you look gay or you. And that that idea of what it's like people saying that you sound black or you sound mm-hmm. white. Right, right, right. Um, I think a lot of it might be from, you know, growing up, like where I'm from. Yeah. Um, I guess that's what I, I took it as just the a Cali, Cali boy lingo. Right. Yeah. Going yeah. to yeah. predominantly white school. So I was always right. like made fun of by my cousins for sounding white or mm-hmm. being proper. Um, but sometimes I, if like hearing myself back, I feel like, oh, yeah, I kind of sound gay. Um, and oh I can't God, even identify Gerald. what that is. How are you going to say <laughs> I do. I agree. <laughs> But you know what's funny is that you said masculine for masculine because a lot of times I I know in topics people struggle wondering you are gay or lesbian Mm -hmm. um, because you don't like women or you don't like men. Mm -hmm. But then you date the person in your same sexual category that looks like the person of the opposite sex. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like you're a lesbian Femme, mm-hmm. right? But you want to date a stud, looks like a guy, right? So but that's they're, they're where people. Like I mean, but that's how they're identifying. Yeah. So they're acting, they're they're moving, they're talking, they're sounding like a man. Mm-hmm. But are you are you lesbian though? Because you're dating someone that looks like a man. Yeah, and I think the attraction part comes from essentially how far people are pushing that boundary between gender and kind of waving sex. Yes. So like you said, you went to Morehouse. I know for a, a period of time, there was definitely like a, 
an outpouring of people that were identifying more and more feminine yes. by wearing lipstick, carrying purses, wearing heels. Mm-hmm. And so that would never be someone, regardless of the hardware they have, um, as a man, mm-hmm. still having their genitals as a man, mm-hmm. it just isn't attractive to me. Because if I wanted to date a woman, I would date a woman. Yeah. Um, and I would want her to have all of those qualities and characteristics. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Unfortunately, dating apps have kind of changed that whole idea of how you can present yourself Mm -hmm. and everyone can look as masculine or feminine as they want to. Then still, when you interact with them, you you see the person for who they are. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, the Internet has given us the ability to kind of create whatever um, identity that we want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I'm finding, at least with myself and my gender expression, Mm -hmm. is that. It is. It's it's a spectrum. Right. You know, like right now I'm tomboyish. Right. But then some days I'm like, oh, I feel sexy today. I want to wear this or how my ass look in this mirror. You know what right. I mean? Right. So right. I think that we're all kind of fluid. If you think about it, yeah. we are fluid in our thoughts. We are fluid in like how we how we act, how we present, how we show up. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day we should be able to present however the, we want. Right. Right. Any day we want. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So just to wrap up the conversation, cause I, um, you know, we got to get moving here, but I wanted to ask you if you had to be re raised, how would you want to be raised differently as a queer man? That's a hard question. Um, honestly, I don't know that I would change anything. Mm. I think, it's hard because I, I can't relate to anyone else's experience specifically about being in a more nurturing environment to be a gay kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like um, a part of being black is the challenge of being raised in a community where homosexuality is always going to be frowned upon because it's also tied to so many other challenges that face black men and so i saw a meme today where it was like america is trying to eliminate black men through sexuality through incarceration through um police brutality exactly and Mm -hmm. so that's something i've always had to battle with like how am i contributing to this black woman not having a male partner and I can't take wow. I can't take responsibility for it. Yeah, but I do still maintain a certain level of guilt. Jeez, Gerald! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Don't hold on to that. I try not Please to. Please don't. I mean, ultimately, I I hope I can scoop up a man of color to be my spouse. But now there's two of us yeah. <laughs> out of the dating pool for some single oh, black I'm woman. I'm sure the black woman will figure that shit <laughs> out. She will. Yeah. She will. Yeah. She'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I think that 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 kind of it's inherent. Um, and so I don't know that with any other parents, I would have had a different experience, not because it was all coming from her, but that as a black man in America, I continued to hear that message mm-hmm. in church, yeah. in, in my family gatherings, right. and on, on TV. TV. Yes. So I wouldn't have avoided it, honestly. Wow. Yeah. If it was a different parent. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I hope that we can get to a, a point where it is normal. For people to love who they want to love yeah. and, and be who they want to be. I hope that, you know, your kids and your kids' kids, it's just normal to them. 
Like, oh, yeah, they got a boyfriend. Oh, okay, no big deal. Yeah. Right. I feel like we're close. I think we are. But not necessarily in communities of color. And that's something we can always thank, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. The white community for continuing to just embrace, 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 embrace. Right. And we get the byproduct of that by saying, okay, well, now the white community is okay with trans women. Yeah. They're fully Caitlin supportive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So eventually our community will say like, oh, yeah, we always knew that person was trans, but now we're not going to make them, you know, a pariah in our community. Yeah. Uh, And so I think, yeah, kids now, like, I think parents probably would be more comfortable knowing their kid is straight or gay. But now the reality is that their kid might be a non-binary trans female. Yeah. And that's a lot to take on for a six-year-old. Right. Right. Um, And so the world has changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, to your point, we're getting to a place where eventually, because there's so many identities, people will just be like, I'm Gerald. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. I like that. (laughs) So. (laughs) I'm Gerald. So. I'm Gerald. So. Uh Thank you so much. That's awesome. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. All right. Let me pivot to Meg's therapy pick this week. I'm going to be talking about uh, some aromatherapy aromatherapy okay so this is it's basically a pseudoscience right like i don't know if you can get a degree in aromatherapy oh okay but it's based on using um aromatic materials including like essential oils or like aroma compounds Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to improve your psychological or physical well-being okay i i i can attest probably so there's a couple major companies out there that use like essential oils right like, oh take this lavender and put it underneath your neck yes and you're gonna feel calm and you're gonna feel cool and some people believe it and it works some people don't i really think a lot of these modalities it just depends on your openness and your receptiveness yeah yeah because everybody everybody will be different with that yeah for sure yeah, yeah. so try some aromatherapy folks Wow. You know what I had? You know, I'm going to tell them to choose their own path. Ooh. I feel like your relationship since there's so many things going on out here now, as Gerald said. Yes. I feel like you should choose your own path. I like younger men. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> I didn't some expect people, that to come. Some people don't. They look at me like, what? And I'm like, well. Yeah, you, know, you like what you like. It's my path. You don't got to like them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my hashtag relationship go. I'm Meg Watt. That's our time for today. Thanks for listening. And I'm Detroit's bad girl, Tony Brooks. You think you've got it together, but you need therapy too. <laughs>